I want to talk to you today about the ordinances of the church. Uh, ordinances have the idea of prescribed practices. Most evangelical churches have two ordinances that they practice. It's baptism and communion. There are a few that have three ordinances. Uh, and by the way, any of you familiar with the third one is that we don't do? It's foot washings. So aren't you glad you come here, right? Uh, and it's really taken from John chapter 13 when Jesus washed the disciples' feet. And he said, you know, this that I've done to you, do to one another. And so some have taken that as a very specific command that we need to, you know, actually have serve where we wash each other's feet. Uh, others of us take it more what he's saying is we got to serve one another. And then when we look in the book of Acts and we see that the church and we read about the fact that they would have communion and that they would do baptisms, but we don't read about the foot washing. So we don't think that's actually, you know, they didn't perceive it as that either. But these two point so specifically to the gospel of Jesus Christ and what we're called to do. So I wanted to, first of all, talk about baptism. Because this is what we're going to experience today before we take communion. And baptism is that idea that we are identifying ourselves with Jesus, that we have come to know him in our life. So today I think we're, we have three in this service that are going to be baptized. What they are doing is they are expressing to us that they have come to know Jesus. Because how you come to know him is through faith. It happens inside. My dad always used to put it this way, that baptism is the outward expression of an inward experience. So in coming to know Jesus, we come through faith. That happens internally in our soul, in our spirit. What we do now is through baptism is that we identify that we have come to faith in him and we let the world know. Jesus told us to do this. And in Matthew chapter 28, he said, Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so this is that whole idea of what we're accomplishing today. But what I need you to understand, and where so many people get confused, is that there is a linear progression here. Throughout scripture, it is so clear. Now, we've messed it up. And a lot of times, people, this is where they do get confused. And so I want to be really clear. The progression is you come to faith in Jesus and you're saved. And then you get baptized. Baptism has nothing to do with salvation. Salvation is by faith through grace alone. It has nothing to do with what we have done or what we do. It has everything to do with what Jesus has done. And so by my putting my faith and trust in him, that's what gives me eternal life. That's what gives me salvation. Baptism now is just simply that step of obedience of showing and identifying that we become a follower of Christ. Just remember, you know, Jesus was baptized, right? What was he doing? He was identifying with the teachings of John the Baptist, that teaching of repentance and of following after God. It was that identification. That's what this is. It's about coming to faith in Christ. In fact, Romans chapter 6 actually tells us that baptism is this incredible picture. 
It pictures for us what happens when we come to Christ. And that as we accepted Jesus as our Savior, we actually spiritually died with Christ. We were made to participate in the crucifixion. And now we have been raised in a new life. In fact, I I love the picture. Because I've been a part and I've watched baptisms my own entire life. I've never seen anybody get into the pool wet. You see, they don't go shower. They don't go, you know, take a bath to clean up. And that's the same way with Jesus. We don't clean ourselves up to come to Christ. He only takes us one way, and that is just as we are. With all of our sin, with all of our flaws, with all of our you know, mistakes. And if you think that, oh, no, 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 I got to clean myself up in order to get there. Well, who are you trusting in? Are you trusting in Jesus or are you trusting in yourself to clean yourself up? You see, and faith in Jesus is trusting in Jesus and in Jesus alone. So we come just as we are. Then as we accept Christ, we died with him. We have been raised in a new life. Now, as the water pours, you know, and again, that's the thing. None of us look good wet, right? But the water pours down over our head and our body. That picture that we now have been washed clean by the blood of Christ. We have been raised in a new life. And one of the things I love about our baptistry is you've got to turn around and go back out. And I love that picture. Because the honest truth is, is that when we come to Christ, we're all going our own way. We're all trying to figure this out on our own. But when we come and we follow Jesus, we turn and now we follow him. And it's a beautiful picture of, of what has happened. And that's what baptism is. And Jesus' expectation for us is that everybody who comes to faith in Jesus will be baptized. It has nothing to do with our salvation, but it has everything to do with our identification that we have become a follower of Christ. So let me ask you today, have you come to that point of putting your faith in Jesus? You see, this whole morning is is, is predicated on this. Jesus, who was the perfect son of God, came because we were without hope. We were sinners. We were separated from God. There was nothing we could do to bridge that gap. So God himself had to come to us. And he sent his own son, Jesus, who lives a perfect life. But then he willingly goes to the cross and he's beaten and the crown of thorns placed upon his head and nailed to the cross. And he takes my sin and your sin upon himself. And he pays that penalty, that punishment that we deserve to pay. And he dies on that cross for us. And then three days later, he rises from the dead. And now he offers that forgiveness to everyone that will come to him by faith. These that are coming today have made that decision. They have put their trust in Jesus. Have you done that? The great thing is, if you haven't, you can do it right where you are. Because faith is not an emotion. Faith is a choice. It's an act of the will. We choose to believe. And if you've never done that, you can do that right where you are. So, that's baptism. 
The second ordinance of the church we want to talk about this morning is this idea of communion. And communion is something that we were commanded to do. It was the night before Jesus went to the cross. They're having the Passover meal, which if you understand Jewish uh, history, really the star of the Passover meal is the lamb. But Jesus was going to be our lamb. He was going to be our Passover. So in the middle of the dinner, what he did was he took bread and he said, this is my body, which is given for you. In fact, in Luke chapter 22, he says, and when he takes the bread and given thanks, he broke it and said to them, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then he took the cup later and he said, this cup is the new covenant. And so he said, do this periodically. Remember, And I think what Jesus understood was that as life came on and went through, uh, so much in life was going to try to capture our attention. And what communion would do is it would refocus us on the gospel of Jesus Christ. That you and I have been forgiven. That our sins have been paid for. I mean, as Isaiah says, he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Jesus gave his body to pay the penalty for our sins. When we take the cup and Jesus said, this is the new covenant in my blood. And that new covenant is not going to be an external covenant. It's going to be inside. Jeremiah 31, I'm going to write my law on your heart. We know it's that in salvation now, we're made a new creature in Christ. We're given the Holy Spirit. That's the new covenant. And remember the great promise of the new covenant in Jeremiah 31 was their sin and their iniquity. I will remember no more. And so Jesus told us to take communion and to be reminded of what he did. So in many ways, it's a memorial. It looks back. It causes us to stop and to ponder and to forget pandemics and to forget election cycles and to forget what's going on in culture and to remember that we have been saved by the blood of Christ and by his grace. And so it reminds us and it causes us to look back. Now, one of the cool things that communion does though is in the looking back, it also causes us to look ahead. You know, Paul said when he's writing to the church at Corinth, he says, do this in remembrance of Jesus till he comes. Because the great thing is Jesus just didn't die on the cross and raised and gone to heaven and that's it. His promise is, is I'm going to return. And so communion also focuses us on the fact that this world is not our home. We have a hope. We realize that to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. One of these days, Jesus is going to return. And communion keeps us focused on that gospel message of our hope. On the reality that this world is not what it's all about. That's why we live on mission. That's why we live for another day.